This is Pop Culture Period Piece Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Julie. We are actors, costumers, movie, and book enthusiasts. But we have very different tastes. So every week we pick a pop culture period piece to talk about. Our thoughts about the movie and also anything the movie brings up. Like how the mummy is totally written through the female gaze and Santa Fe from Newsies is the ultimate I want song. Do you know what that is? Listen to us. So if you like movies with corsets, manners, and cottagecore aesthetics, give us a listen. Pop culture period piece has a new episode dropping every Thursday. Bye. Bye. Hi, Mom. Oh, honey. I don't think I've had the chance to tell you today how very proud of you I am. Thanks, Mom. Seriously true. You're brilliant, you're adorable, and you have the best taste in clothes. Well then, Mom, I think you and Dad should increase my allowance by $100 a week. Sure. My eyes got so big when she said that. I was like, (laughs) I wish my allowance would go up $100 a week, too. Seriously. Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to (gasps) D-Commentary. Thank you. Welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Today, we're talking about true confessions. Now, Val, it took me a really long time in this movie to realize that it's true because her name is Trudy. Correct. Trudy and Edward are the names of these two siblings. Mm hmm. Yeah. That was a choice. That was definitely a choice. That was that was a choice. Anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get to it. Um, okay, True Confessions came out April 5th, 2002. And uh, it was directed by Paul Hohen, who is a big, uh, like, phase two DCOM director. He directed... Okay, so we'll start to see him a lot around. Yep. So he directed okay. Luck of the Irish, which we've already watched. Uh, he directed You Wish... Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, Jump In, Cheetah Girls 2, Dad Napped, Camp Rock 2, How to Build a Better Boy, and Zombies 1 through 3. Yeah, so he's been around because half half those movies have been within like the last like five to seven years. Yeah, so he's he's like one of their go-tos now. Um, Nice. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He's making that decom money. Yeah, definitely. Uh, This... Movie was based on a book. Mm-hmm. The book was written by Janet Tajian, and it was adapted to a screenplay by none other than Stu Krieger. Stu, shout out! Stu, shout out! Um, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> I don't know if we've seen Stu in a few movies, so just as a reminder, Stu wrote all of the Xenon films, Smart House, Phantom of the Megaplex, Poof Point, Gotta Kick It Up, Going to the Mat cowbells and the land before time which is not a decom but mm-hmm. i love to mention it and i feel like that's not even a complete list like i think he has written like all of them <laughs> yeah so anyway he is also around so this is a movie that was kind of like a tag team of two like heavy decom people peeps yeah. yeah um okay this is the cast clara bryant played trudy or true walker you might recognize her from our very first episode. She played Amy in Under Wraps. That's insane. I know. And I did not I did not put two and two together. But now that you say that, right. I can see it. Well, I think the two reasons why at least I didn't immediately put it together was that it's been four years. So she's yeah. grown up a bit. And also these two characters could not be more different from each other. Like I was obsessed with Amy. She was so cool. Mm-hmm. She was so mature and like deadpan in like the funniest way. And true. Yeah. And I I I I want to give credit to Clara, the actor, because I think she was playing the character as it was written and as Very she was being well. directed. Right. Yes. But this character is meant to be incredible like incredibly annoying, like just really in her feelings, like a 14 year old girl, right? She doesn't, she's just very, it's definitely not like a bad acting. No, it's more of a bad writing, right? Right. Exactly. Where sometimes we get bad acting on top of bad writing. And so it's just bad. Right. 
this is different. She's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. It's just this yeah. character is annoying. And honestly, a lot of 14 year old girls, including me, are and were annoying. Oh, I'm still annoying. <laughs> so like, I don't blame her, but it was very annoying. Um, yeah. she, she hasn't like acted a ton. The only other thing that she had sort of like a running part on was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, but I don't think she really acts much anymore. Um, her twin brother, Eddie, is was played by Shia LaBeouf, who mm-hmm. you might recognize from our previous DCOM Hounded or from his long stint on Even Stevens. And by long, I mean the three seasons that it was a show. And there are when movies. you're a kid, that feels really long. I know. If you had asked me, I would have said Lizzie McGuire had five seasons and it had like two. Right. Exactly. They both, I think, had three and they were one year apart from each other. Um, Yeah. He's also more recently been in some films like Lawless, the Transformers movies, a movie called Fury. Um, But honestly, he might he's just kind of known for being kind of a weirdo. Yeah, he's like. (laughs) He, you know, I want to be in his corner. Yeah. And he keeps making moves that make me not able to. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. But I've never seen Honey Boy. I re-looked it up after this. He's in a movie, or uh, Honey Boy was an Academy Award nominated movie, I believe. That's right, um, yeah. A, and it was basically about his life with his father and growing up a child star, and he played his father in the movie. Right, that's right. And they don't say that it's, like, exactly it, but it is. Yeah. Um, it's not like a biopic, right, but right. it's heavily influenced, and so... His actions today make a lot of sense for what he went through right. as a child because he was the adult in it as an eight year old. Right, right. Um, and in this movie, I just want to preface. So this movie is a story about a pair of twins, one of which is uh, developmentally disabled. And um, Shia LaBeouf is playing that character. So you know, there's a lot of like perspectives about whether or not like people who do not have a disability should be playing someone with a disability. Um, For those of you, if you've ever seen it, it's kind of um, a plot line completely different, but it's kind of like I am Sam yes. or Sean Penn. Yes, exactly. Was um, kind of playing a role like that. Right. And, you know, I I have mixed feelings about that you know, about a person playing something that they can't possibly understand. With that being said, two things. One, at this period in time, that was less of a, or if any, of a, not even a conversation point. And also, to Shia LaBeouf's credit, I think he played this with a lot of empathy and um, earnestness. So Mm -hmm. like he wasn't making fun or like overdoing it, which you might expect knowing how he plays in like even Stevens and other things that he has done. Right. Um, But it's actually like pretty understated for him and like very earnest. So, yeah, but he did a great job. in Yeah, I think he did an exceptional job as well. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just wanted to sort of put that out there because I know that there's a lot of people who don't believe that anyone who doesn't have a disability should play that. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that we noticed that and knew that that was a thing anyway. Um, okay. So Mayor Winningham plays their mom, Ginny, and she is, uh, she's like been around like, but she's sort of like done one thing a decade that like you would recognize. So like in the 80s, she was in St. Elmo's Fire, um, which was like a movie with like Robert Downey Jr. And or maybe not Robert Downey Jr., but like uh, Rob Lowe is in it. Um, Andy McDowell's. In, I mean, it's just like literally every star from the 80s. Um, and then uh, in the 90s, she was in Turner and Hooch with Tom Hanks, <laughs> um, which is what I first knew her from. She plays the vet his love interest. Um, and then, uh, she was on ER for a while and then she played, I believe Lexi's mom on Grey's Anatomy. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, if you're watching it, I'm going to tell you anyway, <laughs> she dies and she died of like, she went to the hospital with like a, an extreme case of hiccups that wouldn't stop. That's right. And then it just started to absolutely decline. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more recently she's been in uh, American horror story, the affair, the outsider, and most recently dope sick. So she's actually working she's like, a lot. She's doing a lot. Yeah. And she's not so much a character actor because she has an Academy Award. Right. Right. <laughs> so so she's like, it's not just like, like she is legit. Yeah, she's very legit. Um, William Francis McGuire played their dad, Bob Walker. Um, and he's just sort of like a character actor. Like he's just been mm-hmm. in stuff. Nothing of note. Nicole Dicker plays Denise, True's friend, um, and she stopped acting in 2009. Um, Her eyebrows were doing a lot of work uh, in this movie. Very, very of that era. You got them flown them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Kevin Duhaney played their other friend, Jake. He's mostly a voice actor. He was in Angela Anaconda. He was in some show called Total Drama. And there's like Mm. a bunch of iterations of that. So he's been like all of them, Um, but not a whole lot besides that. Unless I followed the wrong one on Instagram. I believe he was a blue Power Ranger at one point. That's right. He was, but it wasn't like the standard Power Rangers. It was like Dino Power Rangers or something. But yes, you're correct. He played the blue blue Power Ranger. Okay. Well, that's his claim to fame in his body. Ah, okay. (laughs) Well, I apologize, Kevin, uh, if you listen to this, that I did not hit on the correct things in your resume. (laughs) Um, You're welcome, Kevin, for hitting on the correct (laughs) things in your resume. (laughs) Al's always better than me. Um, That is incorrect. (laughs) uh, Okay. Yanni Gelman played Billy Meyer. Uh, oh, and Val, tell us all, who is he? <laughs> Yanni Gelman plays Paolo in the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> which oh, we love to hear is it. a redemption arc if I've ever seen one from this character. So yeah. Um, yeah. He's also more recently been in The Young and the Restless and Pretty Little mm. Liars. Um sucks because he's so cute in this movie. He's very cute, but boy. Does he so oh, big time? Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're judging a book by its cover, he is so cute in this movie. Yes, yes. And then once you read the pages, you're like, Ooh. yeah, yep. No good. Um, and then there's a few other actors that play some of the smaller parts. I only even mention them in a group because all of them were in Murdoch Mysteries. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, that's it for the cast. Uh, the synopsis is a little long, so I will do my very bestest. When a local TV station launches a filmmaking contest, teenager True Walker enters in a heartbeat. Her life seems full of drama to document, including a surgeon father who's never there and a mother, Ginny, who seems as if she isn't there even though she is. In the end, True chooses to make a film about her impaired, oh boy, about her impaired twin brother, Eddie. I hate that. Um, I, I even already changed it anyway um but as airtime nears true fears how others will react to her rather personal story okay wow why it's amazing to me how people don't know how to write and talk about disabilities yeah i don't know that is unfortunate anyway uh otherwise it is actually pretty accurate to the story but um, mm-hmm. they need to edit that particular wording. Um, yeah. okay. Uh, Al, what were your first impressions of this movie? Thanks, Val. I want to know what you thought of it. First. <laughs> In a crazy turn of events. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I will go first. This is never, this is literally <laughs> unprecedented in a year and a half. <laughs> During these unprecedented <laughs> times, I'm flipping the script. <laughs> okay. Well, I, okay. So first of all, I went into this as I have sometimes in the past thinking I had never seen this movie. And then I definitely had seen this movie. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, right. Okay. And as soon as I remembered this, the dynamic Um, I was like, ah, okay, right. So I was mostly just focused on how 
especially Shia LaBeouf, but how everyone was handling this in this movie. Yeah. I was like very like hyper aware and sort of like on edge the entire time watching just to make sure, you know, like. Right. <laughs> um, and for the most part, I think it was handled like in an earnest fashion. Um, yeah. And felt the intention realistic. is good. Yeah. And like mm -hmm. the reactions like that the parents had and like how, you know, sometimes True would get really frustrated with Eddie, you know, because he'd be doing something that was like disrupting her or like, you know, he was allowed to get away with a bunch of stuff and she wasn't or things like that. Like that yeah. makes sense. That feels right for a pair of twins who are, you know, early teenagers who are kind of navigating this. So like a lot of it felt very like authentic. So I, I, I think that I liked this movie. But like, I don't know that I want to watch it again. Um, yeah. Like I, I really felt the mom struggling, like that feeling of like, you have this kid who you were close with and sh she's growing up and she's like pulling away, which is a very yeah. natural, you know, thing. And like the dad who works all the time, like a lot of these things are like very relatable, like mm -hmm. scenarios. And I think that all of them like handled that well. Um, so like for the most part, I liked this movie. I think that um, there were things like everyone outside of the family was incredibly one dimensional. Yeah. Um, which like, I guess is a feature of like a TV movie where you don't have like a huge budget or like a long mm -hmm. runtime. Um, to sort of develop these things. But like the friends were sort of like two people who were one person. <laughs> um, right. And then like the, you know, all the other kids were kind of like a monolith. All the teachers were kind of a monolith. You know, it was yeah. just like one giant person. It was the main people. <clears throat> right. It was a movie about the main people and the tertiary characters really didn't matter much in this movie. Right, right. So, but I, I did not dislike it. Um, and I was never like bored or like, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore or anything like that. Yeah. So that's my feeling on it. Yeah. I, um, thank you for going first. Yeah. I don't know why earlier in the day I was like, I just want to know what Val has to say before <laughs> I say what I want to say. Um, I, yeah, I didn't hate this movie. I just, um, never need to watch it again. So I'm going to, I'm giving it a six, which is, I think a little bit high yeah. even still, but like, it is a good movie and I'm sure that it, it was eye opening for a lot of people, very helpful for a lot of people. Um, the execution was a little weird at times and, uh, the dad is just, but there are parents like that mm -hmm. and it's just so hard. Um, and then his turn just happened so interestingly, um, yeah, it was in, like an in the storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about it when we get there. But um, yeah, I thought the acting was fine. I um, I think that's why I wanted you to go first because I don't, I don't have yeah uh, too. I don't have too much to say. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think that one of the we should also mention that like one of the sort of framing devices in this movie is that true is very into filmmaking. So she's like constantly mm -hmm. got a video camera on. And so she's like often like narrating into her camera or like- You hear that everyone, there's a narrator. There's a narrator. She's also like filming herself in these like difficult moments, like with her family and stuff yeah. like that. And so it's just kind of like uncomfortable. Like I don't, yeah. that's the one part that like feels very not believable to me is like there's a moment early on, for example, where- um, she like says something nasty about her mom, like while she is in front of her mom. And like, I know kids can say really mean things to their parents, but just sort of like the way she does it, like into the camera with her mom in yeah. the background, like it just, I don't know. It just felt very strange. Like no person. Yeah. Does that. And, yeah and it wasn't her, you know, it was the writing and it was the, yeah. like, we really want to like feel this family's dynamic. And so sometimes it felt like they were going kind of overboard yeah. in terms of the family dynamic. I mean, that being said, with going overboard, you can kind of see how it's a bit realistic. Like yeah. that happens. Right. Um, and even so, there are families that have children um, with intellectual disabilities that um, aren't aren't even this good to their right. children. Right. And so um, it, it it's a little hard to watch at times. But overall, they come back together, they support each other, they talk about things, and 
you know, if, if this is based on a true story, we can only be grateful that this, this family kind of came together and, right. you know, had these moments. Right. Um, okay. Al, you wanna, yeah. do you have any favorite quotes or moments? Um, I do. I do have some, I have some, <laughs> I have some fun things. So we got a Titanic reference, which we love. A lot of pop culture um, references in this movie. A lot of pop culture. A lot of pop culture references. <laughs> um, we're in high school and we're in Seattle. And so they, they have a lot of fun Seattle moments of like the skyline and riding the ferry. Um, and as someone who went to Seattle, I liked it. <laughs> there, uh, Val, there was a parent trap shout out. Oh, I know. I know. Did you freak out as much as I freaked I out? I did. Okay. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite moments was since she's so obsessed with film, she has a lot of TVs in her room and the TVs were just set on static almost <laughs> all the time. They're in a library at one point and it's a beautiful library. Yeah. Um, I, their house is I know also that, gorgeous as well. Yeah. That was what I was going to mention next is, is she could see from her room into her brother's room, which means it's gotta be some sort of U shape, yeah. which means they, well, dad's a surgeon. Right. So it, makes, it looked like a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Like it was yeah. like gorgeous. For those of you who don't know who Frank, Frank Floyd Wright is, uh, <laughs> he's an architect, uh, famous for Chicago architecture. Yep. And some that's for ones. our friends who are not located in the city of Chicago. That's right. But one of his most famous houses is Falling Water, which is in Pennsylvania. Oh, and I have been there. Oh, <gasps> brag. Brag. Um, <laughs> um, okay, now for my favorite quotes. Reality is harsh. I would much rather live inside the tube. Mm-hmm. I know. It's 2002. We don't say tube. <laughs> but also relatable much? <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> Here I am living inside the Zoom. Um, she's complaining about her mom and she goes, she asks the most embarrassing questions. And then mom goes, are these tomatoes really organic? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, girl, that's not embarrassing. <laughs> and the employee was so mean to her. So mean. Her. He just didn't even acknowledge her. I can't imagine being in like Target. I'm like, hey, can you help me out with this? And they just turn around. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. I know. And then I'd go tweet about it. That poor mom. And then Eddie at one point, uh, which made me go, oh, says, I want to be done being different. I know. Oh. Val, what are some of your favorite quotes at the moment? <laughs> um, well, I definitely wrote uh, Reality's Harsh. I would much rather live inside the tube because I am yep. a person who thinks that every person in their favorite shows is their best friend. Mm. Um. The more I wish my life could be like a sitcom, it turns more into a soap opera. (laughs) (laughs) The parent trap reference. Basically, she says, like, I wish I had a girl twin so that we could do parent trap stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, girl, same. (laughs) Shout out to your twin, Bryce Saxon. I know. Oh, twin. Twin. How you doing, twin? Um, We can do twin things. We can do parent trap things. Um, what, oh, this one. Oof. Okay. What if I spent all this time thinking I was born to have my own show and it turns out I'm a talentless, uncreative, boring person. Yeah, that's, that's what I, (laughs) every night I can't sleep. Every night I can't sleep because that exact thought goes through my head. Oh, literally every day I have that thought. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, this is sort of, I didn't mark it down as a favorite cause it's not my favorite. Oh. Cause I think about it all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just relatable. Very relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, no one has made great art without taking a risk. Yep. Um, another sad one that Eddie says, you used to be my twin, but now you're not. Mm. <laughs> Oi. Um, Oh, the mom, the mom, <sighs> I never thought you didn't love me. I just missed you. Mm. <laughs> I folks- see everyone. This is why. <laughs> this is why I said in the beginning we're not going to laugh a lot, <laughs> folks. This is a very earnest movie, and this is very earnest and very heavy. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out if it hasn't become apparent before at this that I have a particular weakness for sweet moms. Uh, 
bonus points if they happen to be an immigrant <laughs> because I'm the child of an immigrant. Um, but I just like, I don't know. There's something about moms that especially that are struggling to relate to their daughters that mm-hmm. like just breaks me wide open. Um, I don't know if anyone's watching Miss Marvel, but there is a mom, immigrant mom who is struggling to relate to her daughter. And it oh, wow. is literally like hurting my heart but like in the best way um but anyway uh yeah those are basically my i think like my favorite moments i don't know if i have a favorite moment i i think maybe the soccer game just because it felt very like light and fun that was the first time i feel like we saw them be on the same level. Yeah. And they call it out too. So basically mm-hmm. true and Eddie are on a soccer team together. That is very clearly for families that, that have kind of a similar dynamic. And, uh, at one point they sort of have a freaky, freaky twin moment and like mm-hmm. true assists Eddie in scoring a goal. And it's very sweet. And, um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. And, and like the parents are both there at the game being like fun parents, you know? So it just, I don't know. It's like a yeah. nice moment in the middle of the movie that sort of like lightens it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think we should t- keep our tops on today. Yeah. You know, today <laughs> is an unconventional day, yeah. <laughs> but what's our next movie, Val? Um, Wait. Get a clue. I'm ripping my top off. For oh, yeah. We're getting fully nude for Get a Clue. Oh, yeah. But yeah, for this. I'm cosplaying as, as Lindsay Lohan in Mykonos, <laughs> except for not in her shiny <laughs> jumpsuit. I'm just going to be topless. Um, I think for this, we should wear, there's like a sort of like a Boy Scout shirt that Eddie wears a lot. I think we should wear that. I'm going to wear Eddie's um, T-shirt that it has a suit and tie on it. Oh yeah, okay. We each get you to are the boy scout one. Yeah, I'll, I'll wear that one. <laughs> okay, so we have our narrator True, and she introduces us to her twin brother Eddie, who is Shia LaBeouf, and she's obsessed with the camera. And she basically won't be happy unless her life is a sitcom where everything is wrapped up and everything is happy. And she's talking to her two best friends about how she just like wants to like be in this fantasy world all the time because her life is a little hard to stomach sometimes. And then we continue to throughout this whole movie. Okay. We have two things that I just sometimes hate and it's a narrator and it's montages. (laughs) And so we have our first montage where they're riding bikes and then we just see shots of nature. Mm -hmm. Like there's just birds and grass. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's supposed to be like representative of stuff that she has filmed that she's like editing together, but yeah, it's unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> then they come home. So, uh, true is bringing home her two friends and Eddie, um, opens up the door and he's doing paparazzi, 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 like, do, like flashing and taking a bunch of pictures. She gets face. really mad. Um, and you can tell in this moment, cause not until then, not until this moment, you can tell that he has a little bit of trouble socializing. And so she never said it explicitly. She just said, like, he's my twin. And these are the things that I want out of life. And this is where we see her be kind of mean for the first time, which is really weird and awkward because it's in front of her best friends, which throughout the whole movie, they're around. So I'm sure that they understand the dynamic. They know what goes on. She talks to them. So it's like probably not as weird for them, but it's definitely weird for you as a viewer being like, oh, you're just going to be mean to your brother who has intellectual disabilities in front of your best friends. Couldn't be me. So she's mean to Eddie and she fights with her mom about being treated differently than Eddie because Eddie didn't get in trouble, but she got in trouble. Um, And so then she kind of starts to fight with mom. And then we cut to one of the coolest parts about this movie that they only did twice. We needed a rule of threes here, Mm. or I would have done, I would have loved this a million times, but they did a a cut to a sitcom. Yeah. Like WandaVision. Yeah. yeah, it was inspired by it was inspired by what I can assume is the Brady Bunch, but it had very WandaVision mm-hmm. feels yeah. um, for someone who's never watched it. <laughs> um, and then we cut. So she like has this Brady Bunch moment, which was our cold open. And so it's like her perfect life with her mom and and she's has no problems and all these things. Um, and then we cut to her in her bedroom where she starts video recording, basically inventing vlogging. 
it is, she is using the camera as her therapist. And at least this is what I wrote this. I said, at least this is a better kind of narrator. I don't know, because it's not so much like, let me tell you the story. It's her narrating her life as we're going along mm-hmm. and not so much. I'm going to tell you the story of what happened. Right, right. So it kind of switches to a little bit more of a tolerable narrator. Yeah. It's processing um, rather than narrating. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, then we have family dinner where we see dad for the first time. He's a surgeon and Eddie um, drops a glass bowl on the ground and it shatters. And dad freaks out, starts yelling, takes him up, like realizes he is, but and calms down, but like not in a great way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. And then right after he kind of realizes that he's yelling, he like hugs Eddie, which um, yeah, it's that is like almost more traumatizing, like to have a parent who like abuses you and then like instantly like shows you affection like that is so confusing for any person. Um, then we cut back to cut back to true and we find that she has a huge crush on Billy Meyer, a.k.a. Paolo from Lizzie McGuire movie, who has a much better haircut in this movie, is a worse person in this movie, I would say. Um, but looks way better in this movie mm-hmm. than um, that like weird swoop shag haircut that he has in Italy. Um, she talks to her friends um, and they're just like talking in the hallway, kind of talking about Billy and they're going to go to homeroom. But she goes the opposite way um, because she wants to go check on um, Eddie in his classroom. So that's something cool about this high school is that they're still able to go to high school together mm-hmm. and he's in a different classroom. Um, and she's standing there and goes to turn to walk away after she checked in on him and she runs into her crush, Billy. And then this is the second time we cut into a sitcom and it's, I love Lucy. Mm -hmm. So they really did a great job with this. And I'm so mad it didn't come back. I know. Cause it was so cool. It would have been really cool to see way more sitcoms come in. Yeah. The only thing about this was Billy doing a Cuban Really, really. Yeah. Oh, really bad. Yikes. But otherwise, Yikes. yes. Like the execution, like the visual execution was really yeah. cool of, yeah. the, of these for sure. Yeah. Then we find out that there in the newspaper is a contest coming out for um, kids to apply and send in a video to have their own show that will be shown on television. And so she's like, oh, this is exactly for me. And I'm really excited. Um, and throughout the entire times I've been talking her and her mom kind of bicker at each other and don't have like a great relationship. And you can kind of tell that as Drew is getting older, she's having this like strained relationship with her mom. And so her mom confides in a friend about how she's feeling and kind of starts to talk out. So at least we get to see mom's side of the story too. And it's not super one-sided. Yeah. So that's super helpful as the viewer. Yeah. There's a few times where they, we see things from the parents' perspective in this movie. And I really, I wrote that down. Like I very much appreciate mm-hmm. that we saw that I think that that's too. why we, I think that's why it's not a bad movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because if it was all her sided and we never saw it from anyone else, I think that like, right, that's it's multidimensional. Yeah, I'll learn words one day. (laughs) So um, mom, uh, mom, true and Eddie are in the kitchen having fun together with a watermelon. Um, Eddie is pretending to be a doctor using dad's tools. Dad comes home and starts yelling at Eddie that he's using these tools that he shouldn't be using. And I wrote and dad sucks. And he's not even cute. Um, so it's really like bottom of the barrel POS dad. And then so they're fighting and then and then Eddie, his emotions are are all happening at once. And so he gets overwhelmed and he's being yelled at. And so he drops the watermelon, which makes the situation worse. And so it's this whole thing. And then we cut to mom and dad having a conversation of, um, which I liked the casualness of. Um, Mare in this movie is incredible. And I just... Really, I like I'm so sorry to this actor, but I just do not like him. And and I'm he could be a great human being in this movie. It is very hard to like him. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so they have a conversation and Bob once again sucks. That's <laughs> what I wrote. And she's kind of like, you need to be better is it's the gist of, of of it. And so then we cut to dad and Eddie playing baseball. So at least he's trying And also one thing I did mention is that because dad's a surgeon, sometimes he's not around a lot. Mm -hmm. 
that's important to the entire story. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time he is around and uh, <laughs> I had here playing baseball for like five whole minutes. And I wrote, maybe if dad was better at baseball, he'd catch one. <laughs> Because I don't think it's Eddie's fault that that's not catching. It is not Eddie throwing poorly. It is dad not knowing how to catch a baseball. Um, and then uh, True had written on um, like a blog website that she um, was looking for help about how to help out her brother, who she's starting to have like, like he has a disability and it's kind of hard for my family. And like, what should I do to help him? And like all these things. And so she gets a response. Um, she gets three responses and we do see another cutaway, which maybe this was the third kind of. Oh, yeah. Where she sitcom sees, thing. But yeah, because it, it was kind of Malcolm in the Middle where yeah. they do the like, but not so much. And so she starts talking uh, throughout the rest of the movie, starts talking to Dee Dee from the Internet, who was very helpful and said all of these nice things, which I did not write down. Then she talks about how important this contest is. And she's so she like realizes when she's talking to her friends about how important the contest is and what it should be about and what she should do. um, She realizes what it is. She goes to the library and takes out all of these books on brains and disabilities and all of these things. And she asks her dad if she could interview a doctor. And at this time, Eddie is starting to skate in the house. And then Billy comes over for grocery delivery and Eddie knocks everything over and it's very awkward. And then everyone's yelling, but then dad gets paged into the hospital. And so he has to grab his coat and leave. And it was just a very chaotic thing. But um, yes, Paolo from Lizzie McGuire does show up in this scene because he's a grocery grocery delivery boy, which, okay, Stu, Stu Krieger invented Amazon. <laughs> Or Peapod or whatever the first one was, Instacart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, So everyone's mad at each other. And I don't understand this, Val. Maybe you could explain this to me. But then they all come back to dinner that night. And uh, True was mad at everyone. But then she goes around the table and gives everyone paper carrots. Okay. So in the scene right in between, there's a scene in between the two that you just described where she's upset because... Eddie embarrassed her in front of Billy. And so she literally takes the whole bunch of carrots and like in anger, just shoves them down the garbage disposal. Oh, okay. So I didn't see that. Yeah. And or I mom, didn't process it. Yeah. And so her mom is like, what are you like? Those are perfectly good carrots. What are you doing? So then when she like comes down to sort of like a jokey peace offering, she uh, gives everyone. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause okay, I wrote carrot. and everything is fine. I don't know how. <laughs> so she starts recording eddie all the time and getting all of this footage because the submission that she is going to do or the video she's going to submit you know um is going to be about like her life living with a brother who has a disability and then the first draft she has her friends over and she's like i really want you to see it i'm really excited and it is all like Pictures of books and science and a lot of jargon that nobody understands. And it's not fun or funny or heartwarming or anything. And so her friends are like, ooh. And then this is where I realized that her name was Trudy. (laughs) So um, she then, you know, it's her brother and it's her twin. And they grew up being very close. And as she's getting older, she's trying to find herself where he is kind of staying at like a, a younger, like, level um in terms of like knowledge and socialization and so she's kind of figuring that out of like we're both 14 but i'm 14 and he's kind of still you know at a a, you know eight or nine year old reading level and things like that if that i mean he reads like children's books like i think he's probably they're they're at least presenting him as being maybe like six or seven Like intellectually would be my guess. Yeah, I would say. And then um, so there is a lot of time where they do hang out a lot together because she's trying to preserve her relationship with him and kind of figure out how their dynamic is going to continue as they become two different people and not so much twins. So this is where we see the scene then where they play on the same soccer team. And um, the worst part about this scene was she looked down the entire time she was dribbling for good reason, because she mentions she doesn't need to know 
She doesn't need to look up to know where her brother is. But also, if you were good at soccer, you would know you can't look down at the ball the yeah, whole time. Bryce would be this very is why annoyed. I was bad at soccer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Bryce would be very upset. But this is where she said they have twin telepathy. And I really wish that she would have been like, we have this freaky twin thing. <laughs> Uh, then I wrote, she has a conversation with her friend about something and I stopped paying attention for a second. I think it was about how if she edits the videos to be videos of them both. Yeah, I mean, basically her like her friends are trying to sort of help her figure out how to make it more compelling. And they're yeah. like, this isn't a, a like presentation. This is like about your relationship with your brother. Yeah. And then I wrote, yeah, because then we see her watching videos of her and Eddie and then I wrote, and then it gets so bad from here on out, everyone. Because <sighs> I wrote, oh, no, they say the R word. Yeah. And I and I know that they say it out of, um, to, to get a reaction out of the audience. And so that you can walk away and say, that's not right. And I, <laughs> well, I'll talk about it after. So they say the R word. Um, which was always very hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And they have a picnic on the beach. It's her mom and Eddie, and and he's trying to fly a kite. And he calls the kite the R word mm-hmm. because it's not the wind's it's fault. Like internalized. And it was very, this Eddie taking his emotions out on how he feels about himself on the yeah. kite. And it was a very hard scene to watch. Mm-hmm. And then mom and True have a convo in the car and mom starts to say, can we have a conversation about Dee, your online person friend? And she w- true was like, no, like blah, blah, blah. And I wrote, I bet mom is Dee. Oh yeah. I knew mom was Dee from the moment yeah. she, cause she saw the post like right away. Yeah. And she was like, I wish she would come to me. And then she yeah. literally turns around to start typing on her computer. So I was yeah. like almost positive. It was her. Yeah. And then they hex the contest video. So they're like voodooing it and then like the opposite of hex. It's like they're smudging it. Yeah. Yeah. It was very funny that I'm going to start doing that to all my auditions that I submit. (laughs) I'm just pouring glitter Um, on it. And then, yeah. (laughs) Then True finds out that Dee Dee is mom and she gets really upset. Um, And if you can't tell, I feel like every every third line of my notes, I'm just keep saying True gets really upset. (laughs) Um, then they're at the, the festival and where did Eddie get a hat? And she, and he's like, oh, I got a hat from those guys over there. And she looks at this group of boys and she runs up to him, runs up to them and is like, why did you give this hat to my brother? And who is it? But Paolo and using the R word again. And then they spit in the hat and gave it to him. And um, Billy sucks. And he says to her, what's wrong with you, freak? And she pushes him into the river, which we love. Mm -hmm. We do love that. (laughs) Then we we got to mom trying to apologize. True is very standoffish still at this point. And True calls the station to say, have you decided on a winner yet? And they recognized her voice because of how many times she's been calling to ask. Which at that point, if I was those deciders, I'd be like, cut hers. We're not picking. Like, (laughs) she needs to stop calling. And then uh, we cut to the library where they're all studying and Eddie is reading books. And he's going to go get a new book. And she, True, kind of like points, oh, the books are over there. And he accidentally drops one and kicks it into the elevator and then ends up in a different spot in the library. gets lost, starts screaming. And this is also (laughs) where like an adult just doesn't respond well at all, which was like interesting to me. Even if you don't know that someone, first of all, public libraries are like de facto homeless shelters. So librarians are for better or for worse, very well practiced in reality at dealing with Mm -hmm. people who have all kinds of disabilities. Yeah. But also like even, Regardless of that, like if you're an adult and someone is screaming like a teenager is screaming, why is your first instinct to just yell at them that the library is for being quiet? <laughs> like, I just, right. That whole interaction just made no sense to me at all. It was like, this. yeah, so he's run the, the librarian is running up to Eddie like shh, shh, we're in a library shot like and then True finally finds him and and kind of it like really sticks up for him and is like, dude. 
Yeah. Can you give us a moment? Like, we know we're in a library. He's scared. He's lost. Like, come on. So then they have a moment where they connect and hug, and her one of her friends is there. And so once they have a moment, he goes, I'm going to go call your mom to pick us up. And... This is when he says, I'm done being different. Yeah, that's where that line from earlier. Um, then we cut to bum, 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 her opening a letter because she won the contest because duh. And uh, then she gets mad that she won because she says, if people make fun of me because of personal stuff, it's your fault and looks at Eddie. And it's like, girl, this is your fault. You're the one who made it. I thought she was looking at her mom. Oh, I thought it was bo- I thought it was Eddie. Oh. I, don't know. I thought it was. I mean, on a, it could have been both of them <laughs> or mom, honestly. So, Either way, um, it was that, silly. <laughs> um, then they announced it at school that the it's going to be streamed on the news at 8 p.m. Her friends come over and dad's supposed to be there, but dad is not there because he sucks. Um, no, because he's a surgeon and he had to stay at work late. So it's on the TV at work. And so dad is watching separately at the hospital and we see like 10 minutes of this video. I mean, like we basically see the whole thing is it's very heartwarming. It's and then it gets a little real where she shows some uh, of the situation. She shows the kite situation. She shows the dropping of the bowl. And um, then another doctor comes up and starting to watch and he goes, well, you know, like, where are you? And, you know, it was kind of like a well, I'm always here moment. So after everyone's, you know, proud of her and happy and then they cut to dad um going up to true being like i I watched your thing again and you know i'm not even sure you have a dad and it was it was like the most gaslighting thing i've ever heard Mm -hmm. because he wasn't in the video at all and it's because he's not there and And so and and because all the footage she has of him is him screaming at them at at, at eddie in particular and she's afraid of hurting his feelings and so she doesn't want to like talk about it, do anything. And he's like pressuring her into like seeing the extended cut or seeing the, the footage that she didn't include. And she shows him and she see he's watching video of him yelling, screaming, all of these situations. And she made a comment or he says, is it always like this? And she goes, yeah. Or you weren't there at the end of the video that was not in the footage. She said, remind me to cast someone else as my mom. So Dad and True in this moment have a realization of I really need to fix something with myself. So yes. Dad starts to fix, starts to realize that he needs to change the relationship with his family and his children and be around a little bit more. And True realizes that she needs to have a better relationship with her mom, and that she was overreacting at those times, doesn't actually feel those ways, but is now going to try to harness her emotions a little bit differently after hearing her say that. Hearing herself say that. Right. She saw a clip of herself saying yeah. something nasty about her mom, and her mom is in the background of the shot. And, and then literally so turns and is like, Yeah. It's yeah, really it's sad. Bad. Yeah. So she talks to her mom, and they have this like heart to heart about how it's hard to talk to you now because you're getting older and we're you're pulling away from me. And True is like, I will always be able to have a life and get married and have kids, but Eddie's gonna always stay Eddie, is how she says it. Um, so it's a really heartwarming moment. And like, these are the times where you're like, this is, this is why it's a good movie. There's just a couple things where mm-hmm. throughout just hard, but yeah. dad, then we see that as Val mentioned earlier, this like epilogue moment of like dad being around more and interacting more and having, um, it, when Eddie does something not according to the agenda, he's a little bit more understanding and reminds himself to not like dad reminds himself to not throw a temper tantrum Mm -hmm. and mom says she'll be more available to talk and she'll also be more open. And then they kind of happily ever after moment. And then at the very end, it ends with some information on the special Olympics and the arc project with that, which I absolutely Mm -hmm. love. I thought that was really cool, but yeah, that's the, that's it. Yeah. I think that what, what I, I guess liked or uh, maybe liked is a strong word, but like what, what made this movie work for me was that it's about an experience that I've never had. However, Mm -hmm. the issues that Eddie has with his parents, with his dad in particular, are very relatable. Like the way that his dad, because there's a conversation between the parents that 
mentioned earlier, but like basically the dad's argument is like, if we don't push him, if we don't expect more of him, then he's never going to change, right? He can't like grow up. And the mom is kind of like, well, maybe this is it. Like maybe this is the limit and we need to be okay with that. And we need him to know that we're okay with that. Um, Because he's not like he can, And it's clear when he like in the kite scene where he calls the kite the R word that he is internalizing what other people think of him and say about him, including what his dad thinks of him. And that, regardless, you know, is a very relatable thing, knowing I wasn't, you know, living up to expectations and like internalizing that into how I thought about myself and my self-worth and all of that stuff like that is a very, very universal thing. Yeah. Um, and I thought they executed that well. And I think sometimes in a in a way, like it's easier to take that in when it's not the exact situation that you're in. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's almost like Eddie makes it easier to understand because it's so clear and obvious with him, right. like in a way that it's much more internal with a lot of people and they never like mm-hmm. say these things out loud. So that was really interesting to me. Um, what I was going to say earlier that I didn't want to get too off track was when I was in high school, we did like a campaign and it was um, spread the word to end the word. And I didn't really say, you know, the R word too much before then, but I definitely feel like the two thousands were big on, on using that <sighs> yeah. in, music and pop culture and using it out of, you know, not even that it is context. Yeah. It is not a word that should be used really ever, but like completely to insult someone or something. And so I took the pledge to spread the word to end the word. And, um, I am the person who like to this day, if someone says it, I say, don't say that. And I have, I have friends in college that like they like I, tr- I trained them to use a different word. Right. And it's, it's one of the things that I, it's like instinct for me of yeah. like, do not say that. Right. I had to work on that with my, a lot of the campers at my camp. Cause it was just so prevalent. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. Kind of, you know, using, using gay as, right. as a, as an insult as well. Right. Same. Um, yeah. Similar kind of vein. same time. Yeah. Yeah. Line. For sure. And if you watch movies, like, in this movie, they're using it to make the point that it's wrong. Right. But, they're not using like, yeah. But there are a lot of movies from this exact same era where they are using it as a punchline, like where it's right. like intended right. that way. Yeah. I think it's just like people don't. And and I think that like p- making this movie is is a good like way to do this among mm-hmm. many, many other things. But I think when people like aren't exposed to people who are different than them, they just don't right. get it. Like they just do not understand what they're saying. Yeah. And it's not an excuse, but it's an explanation for why it it gets used so flip flippantly, like by people. Yeah. I think that making films and, and media about the lives of people who have different experiences than us is so important. Like that's why, yeah. like, you know, as much as like it's getting, you know, backlash because of it. Like Miss Marvel is so important, you know, like in the Marvel universe, because it's a story all about a, a Muslim Pakistani girl trying to grow up in New Jersey and somehow reconcile her life, you know, as an American kid with like her life as a as the yeah. child of Pakistani immigrants. And like that is such a uh, also a universal story, but that a lot of people just don't get exposed to. Um, and it's it is frankly the responsibility of things like Marvel, like that have really wide viewership to do that. Like again, also like with Star Wars, like all this backlash because one of the main characters was black in the in the Obi-Wan Kenobi, and also because mm-hmm. they followed Leia's story instead of Luke's and all this stuff. It's yeah. like people are going bonkers over this. And it's yeah. like the only thing we can do is keep doing it until it's normalized. Right. Mm-hmm. Like until people don't react that way anymore. So, right. Um, I, I respect when these, like when, when like these big companies like take this stuff on and like put it out yeah. there. All right, let's move on to bingo. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and start top left one hit wonder song. Val, what do you got queued up for us? Uh, So we do have a one-hit wonder song. It is Take My Hand 
by Angela Ammons. Um, okay. Yeah. Definitely she like her highest listened to song on Spotify is like less than I think it's like 700,000 or something like that. So yeah, okay. definitely one hit wonder. Definitely a one hit wonder. But there's also a bare naked ladies song. Uh breaking the fourth wall, looking into the camera. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. From like a lot, second but one. Also, yeah, not even just in her video camera. There is a time where she it actually looks into the camera. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't see that, but I marked it down as at 17 minutes. <laughs> nice. Holiday theme. Nope. Nope. Clunky metaphor. Um I if there is a metaphor, I don't think it's clunky. I right. think it's really yeah pretty apparent i mean i think what kind of what we just talked about like in the sense that it's very relatable regardless of if you're having the exact experience that he's having mm-hmm. but yeah i don't think it's clunky or really like an obvious metaphor so no parents who just don't get it oh yeah dad who just doesn't get it Jeez. <laughs> cool non-parent adult no not today someone too famous for a tv movie mayor winningham yeah, I yeah. think so, especially because she was she at this time she had an Academy Award, which is like wild to think about. Yeah, she got it in 1980, I believe. Wow. Uh, competition to resolve central problem. No, <gasps> no, it doesn't count. No, I'm putting my foot down on this one. I guess because the whole premise of the movie is her winning a video competition. I know, but she's not like competing against anyone to like figure something out. She's not like racing down a ski hill or something. But would she have realized all of these things had she not been in the competition? <laughs> we don't have to do it. I'm just trying to. I'm yanking your chain. Stop yanking my chain. I'm yanking your chain. <laughs> um, <laughs> montage sequence. There's about eight million montages. I've never. I. The whole movie's a montage. It literally is. Cliche villains. Dad? <laughs> uh, I think more Billy. Like high school oh, yeah. bully, okay. terrible human yeah. being. Your crush ends up being a piece of crap. crap. Yep. Clothes or items that you owned? I have so many. Go ahead. I have so many. <laughs> I wrote down three. I have at least three. Go ahead. Lava lamp. Okay. Bop it. Same. Yep. And butterfly clips. Okay. Yeah. I too had butterfly clips and the like little um, like banana clips or whatever they're called. Like the mm-hmm. ones that you put on the front of your hair. Yeah. Um, to keep your wispies out of your face. Um, and then I also had, she wears tie dye, like kind of loose pants. Uh, at one <gasps> point I had those. Cool. And <laughs> there's a, like a sort of generic sailboat picture on their wall in their house no i have almost the exact same one in my house it was my dad's and i have it now and at one point they pan across her desk and she has a graphing calculator and i had the exact same one wow Mm -hmm. quintessential early 2000s yep 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 (laughs) for sure amazing rotten tomatoes 40 to 60 uh i'm gonna ooh. I'm going to go right in the middle on this one. 50. 84. Whoa. Oh my God. People love this movie. Okay. Also another reason why I wanted to see if like I was missing something. Yeah. I mean. Of like why I asked you to go first. Yeah. Like do I just not really particularly enjoy this movie and everyone else does? I think it's like it's because it's heartwarming and real. And that is resonant with people. I get that. Yeah. I just thought people would not like it for that exact reason. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, uh, happily ever after. Yeah. 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 Almost kissing. Absolutely not. Nope. Thank goodness. I didn't want to see anyone kiss in this movie. Mm-mm. Someone who became famous. I mean, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forgot he was there for a second. <laughs> He disappeared into the character. Yeah. Betraying of one's real friends or values. No. She does kind of be mean to her mom a bit, though. Yeah. But I think that that's more just like like growing up. Yeah. Like that's just I feel like that just happens to almost every teenage girl and her mom. Okay. Cool. Uh, Your childhood crush. Oh, I had a crush on Paolo. Oh, okay. 
Fair. From Lizzie McGuire, for sure. Yeah, I did. And it doesn't say it has to be in this movie. That's true. You're right. You're right. (sighs) Obviously bad special effects or stunts. No. Yeah, no, everything was pretty fine. Mm -hmm. Pretty good editing. Um, DCOM stars. So I think I know what you're going to say. And I think that we might actually need to change this square in general. I want to nominate this square. I can't believe we thought about this on the same day because <laughs> I literally had it on my list of things to talk about. Yeah. I think that we change it to say DCOM star or even Disney star. Mm. And then every time we say Disney, you have to boop it out. <laughs> Fine. But like you have to beep up, boop it out, boop up, beep it out. Yeah. But beep like, it up, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> but like, I think that you made a good point last week and it's similar in this week with Shia LaBeouf where like there's they are stars on the channel. So like mm-hmm. they are. Well, the Shia LaBeouf was in 3D comps, though. He was. He was. But also like, I mean, we can, we can make no, it. But Brenda Song was in a couple, too. Yeah. Like we can make it decom stars like we can just do that. Um or like or multiple if, decom actor, like if you want to keep it a little bit more limited. Then Eric Von Dutton would be. I know. Well, but we're not retroactively changing it. We're just going to change it <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. Well, we're going to discuss this. If you have an opinion, let us know. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, maybe we'll put so a I poll. Think we mark it. Maybe we'll put a poll in, uh, in <gasps> we'll put a poll. Instagram. Yeah. In Instagram. But I'm going to mark it. Yeah. No, no, no. We're marking it. We're marking it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Musical number. No. Nope. Sad. Yeah. Magic. No. No magic. Not even science magic. But I've got the magic in me. <laughs> Although she does do some science books. She, she doesn't. Yeah, she just reads science. <laughs> she doesn't do science. Okay, reading science. Uh, some scientist is out there listening to this, and they are insulted by you just saying reading <laughs> does not equal science. No. I didn't say reading is not equal science. You just insulted every scientist I said reading science is not magic. (laughs) Magic is the real science. There's a difference. (laughs) Come on. All right. Someone says the title of the movie. Uh, I don't think they ever say it. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Scooby-Dude. Um... I guess in a way, like she and her friends figure out what the movie should be about. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. The heroes create the problem. No, not Mm -hmm. in the slightest. (laughs) No. Lead is a fish out of water. No. No. Okay. (sighs) Well, I have a confession. And it's that we didn't get a bingo. Yeah, I'm not super surprised by that. Yeah. To fit the the mood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To fit the mood. Um, and that's okay. You know what? Sometimes we need a break from celebration. Yeah. And also, like, the ones based on true stories or, like, the ones that feel like true stories don't Right. It's hard to, to have the, like, decom tropes. Right. The decominess when it's, the like, de-com- too real. You just said commie. <laughs> decominess. Um, okay, let's go to our game. Okay. This game is called Do Do Do. I have a true confession. Okay. And we're both going to tell everyone uh, something about ourselves that we've never told anyone. It can be literally anything. You could be like, I don't like pickles. And you'd like, I've never said that out loud. Like, it can be anything. I like, yeah, like, I don't. I don't really like keep a lot of I don't know if I keep any secrets. So like I don't know if I can think of one thing that I have never told anyone. Okay, something that like then that's that that me or the listeners wouldn't know about you. Hmm. Okay. So like Michael Michael would know this. Yeah. Your husband. My husband. Um husband. Oh god. Okay. 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 I actually don't know if I've ever told anyone this explicitly, but I kind of mentioned okay. it or alluded to it earlier today. So, or earlier in this episode. So, um, not so much anymore, but like when I was like a teenager and younger, like I used to like fantasize a ton 
about like hanging out with my favorite characters from like my favorite television shows. Like I would spend long periods of time in my head imagining interacting with them and like not being in the show with them and also not the actors, but just like, I don't know, going to dinner with like the cast from Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that. And like, I don't know, I was an only child who, you know, didn't have, you know, my parents put me in front of the TV a lot to like keep me busy. And so my friends were these fictional characters in these shows and movies. And like, I would actively imagine spending time with them. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your true confession. <laughs> uh, mine is inspired by yours. Okay. Um, so if anyone ever got the Disney Adventures magazines, I don't know um, they were kind of the same size as like a Reader's Digest. And it was like a kid's magazine sent from Disney. Yeah. Kind of like Nickelodeon had one too. Yeah, I definitely got the Nickelodeon magazine. So I would get the Disney Adventure ones. And um, at the back, they would have addresses for all of these celebrities and i used to write letters to my Aww, favorite celebrities that's so cute. and the one that i like is always sticking out is i i wrote one to raven simone oh i wonder mm-hmm. if she got it i don't know or if it went to some p.o box that she never i think saw. it was like they were all p.o boxes or they yeah. were like their agents or right, you know, right. something it wasn't like <laughs> raven simone it's a house. Right, um, of course. Yeah. One, two, three, Los Angeles Street. <laughs> two, three, Los Angeles. <laughs> one, two, three, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Four, two, zero, six, nine. I love the idea that it's uh, just literally the whole address is just one, two, three, Los Angeles. <laughs> like, that's it. But yeah, I used to write to my 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 fave celebs and wow. tell them how much I like them. That's And I think adorable. it's because, like, places like Zoom or all that would, like, read letters and stuff. Yeah. And I always wanted to have your letter read. Yeah. Yep. So, do-do-do, I have a true confession. Thanks for sharing, Val. Yeah, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> well, everyone, it's been real, and it was a time. Mm. Um, thanks for listening to this one. Uh, we know this was a, a more serious subject, but we appreciate you watching and listening along with us. And uh, next week we are going to be watching Get a Clue, Woohoo! which is another pretty well-known decom, I think. Get a clue. There's nothing you can, can do. do. Yeah has its own song. So, um, yeah, that should be a fun one. And in the meantime, uh, you know, consider maybe giving us a review or telling a friend or buying some merch. Someone bought merch today. I wonder if it was one of our (gasps) things. Yay. Yeah. If it was you, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And there's also a, uh, Patreon at Trident. Oh yeah. Um, and for $3 a month, you get a couple different perks. Um, and we are starting to put out some Patreon only content on the platform. So, uh, Al and I may make some exclusive content soon. Exclusive. <laughs> so, uh, check that out. Yay. Yeah. Um, all right. Bye Val. Bye Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash dcommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at dcommentaries. Dcommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.